podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome to another new Spurs order pod under the Touchline Fracker banner. I'll be your host today, X-Pac, aka Owen, aka Ozone. Um, I'm joined today by two lovely co-hosts. Firstly, we've got uh, Scott Hall. How you doing, sir? I'm back in the building. You know, obviously... Everyone knows that you know I was I was off air for a few few months, injured. It was a pectoral muscle. You know what I mean, these oh, things God. happen. These things happen at uh, at Royal Rumble, innit? Last time you guys <laughs> saw me, but I'm back in it since WrestleMania. Straight back, back into Hell in a Cell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man was at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> man, man had to man had to dunk on a few a few Arsenal fans, innit? You know what I'm saying? That, just just for the record, it was my fifth. Hell in a Cell match, you know, for a certain man that I finished fifth in the league, you know. I said, <laughs> Damn, that's the North London nightmare right there. Of course. It, man. And uh, also joined by Tops, aka Booker. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up? Always good to be on. Um, very happy to actually to be back on the pod with Yao. I feel like it's been a minute. Um, we've missed the energy from Scott Hall. Um, but actually, yeah, I'm good. Good. Um, it feels like it's as um, we've started and opened the transfer window. Yeah, feeling positive, feeling good. <laughs> yeah, it's been funny, isn't it? Because um, yeah, obviously had to take his break during um, a very good period <laughs> for Spurs. So there may or may not have been one of, um, his special runs going on anyway. So. Who knows? We may have seen like a much more jovial positive, yeah. But here we are. Um, we're fresh off hey, the back of some uh, some transfer news. Um, there's been quite a lot going on today. There's only like what at the day of recording the the first day of the transfer window opening. Um, and for once, it's actually been an eventful one. Um, Fraser Foster got announced officially. I'll start off on like the good note. Fraser Foster announced officially. Um, good signing on that. Yeah, I, I, I think Fraser Foster is a decent signing. Uh, good signing. We'll have to see how that develops because Joe Hart came in as a, a secondary kind of guy and, um, you know, messed, 
messed up everything. So I think uh, Forster is a more capable hands as a backup. Uh, but we'll see how that develops over the season. But, uh, you know, it, it's a free transfer, so I'm not crying. Yeah, I mean, I saw some sectors of the, the Spurs Twitterverse saying it was uh, a pathetic signing, underwhelming. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I didn't get why. Um, personally, I thought he's, I mean, he's better than Galini and Joe Hart combined. Um, homegrown has a good... Premier League pedigree as well as Champions League experience as well. Like, see the Barcelona team nicknamed him the Wall for for good reasons. So he's played at these big stadiums in these bigger games. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. Um, but yeah, the the more negative one was the news that Bastoni doesn't look like he's going to be coming. Um, so there was a, a meeting which happened between. You know the powers that be, and apparently Bestoli turned around and said, "Look, I, I still want to stay at Inter." And then we see that Instagram post from some Italian media outlet got posted, and he commented under it with the Inter colours. So, are we uh, dejected, or is there still hope in this deal somehow? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the feeling is generally uh, a little bit of a negative one because obviously this is like this is a player that we've um, we've coveted pretty much since the end of the season um, and tried to get this sort of deal um, in motion. Uh, I feel like um, maybe the timing of it could have maybe played a, played into into it because um, obviously you know him coming into the first team and now being a first team sort of mainstay. Um, with Inter knowing that they have lots of uh, valuable assets to sell. I kind of feel like um, he was maybe one of those that was maybe pushing to maybe not. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, generally, I feel like it's a deal that probably won't happen. But uh, I don't know. To, to me personally, like, I just feel because of Inter's financial situation, I feel like... I think Tottenham should at least maybe put in a late bid, a high late bid to test their resolve. Just because, you know, that amount of money, even if it's on the higher side towards the end of the window, you know, a team like Inter, they probably won't want to ignore. So I, mm. I definitely feel that we should definitely test their resolve. But in my mind, yeah, it kind of feels like it's probably not going to happen. And, and the reason that it's a little bit disappointing is because, like, Sometimes I feel like with players like this, you're not paying for the player. You are paying essentially for the potential or what he can go into, you see. And I do honestly feel with experienced heads like Dyer, experienced heads like Davies, a fresh and new player in Romero, like Bastoni is the kind of player that, that honestly moves the needle for us. He really pushes us to that next level. And I wouldn't ever want to say it, it would be as, as big as something like a Van Dyke, but a statement marquee signing in defence like that would definitely, you know, raise some big eyebrows um, if we were to do it. And maybe if we were to put a big bid in for it later, I don't know. But yeah, for now, definitely um, my initial feeling is disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's an interesting um, way you go about it because it sounds like you're willing to be a bit more patient for that kind of deal. Whereas, I guess, what the noises are coming out of the club and I guess most of the fan base are are kind of saying is that we should probably move on and not look to linger on a deal which may or may not happen in case it just doesn't happen and we miss out on potential other options. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you do get the feeling if we were to maybe chirps for like another few weeks, maybe even a month, we might be able to convince him. But it it, it looks pretty dead in the water, to be fair. Um, yeah, how do you feel about that deal at the moment? Uh, I'll say two things. I don't think it's dead in the water. I think this is one of those transfers that uh, will have to go down to the wire more than likely. What I will say is that um, this whole he wants to stay at the club and, you know, he's put the club colours underneath Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Big man, we've been here before. Yeah, We've seen this with multiple players, especially players from Inter before. This is just all PR movements because essentially Inter are broke. Yeah, they have to be paying their fees regularly. So somebody, if anybody, or a number of players have to leave. Three of their valuable assets right now in that team are um, Latoro Martinez, uh, Skriniar and Baston. Skriniar has been a little bit touted uh, by PSG, but with the news that Zidane is likely to be their next, next manager, I don't think he's going to go for the style of player Skriniar is. Because uh, that's not the style of defenders he tends to like. So that might rule that out, meaning they can't get a sell off that. Latoro Martinez, they've got Latoro Martinez um, set around 70 to 80 million euros. Nobody, and I mean nobody across Europe, is paying that for Latoro Martinez. So they can rule that. Mm. Meaning their mm-hmm. only valuable asset that people are willing to spend money on is Alessandro Bastoni. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And with what they're trying to get into their club with Diabala on a free. They're trying to get um, Gelson Bremer on a, um, for 30 million euros. All the moves that they're making, two or at the very least, one player has to go for around 50 million pounds. <laughs> Literally, the roads point to two players are leaving from Inter or one. And if it's going to be one, it's more than likely going to be Bastoni and not necessarily Skriniar or Martinez, because I don't think anybody around Europe needs either of those players. It's going to be the the younger, more, um, how should I say, outside type player, which is Bastoni in this case, because he's only 22 slash 23. Um, so I don't think it's dead in the waters whatsoever. What would be interesting is what Spurs do next. Um, do we play bully ball and say, Bunny, we're going to offer you 50 million flush um, take it or leave it and, you know, put Inter in a place where they're like, oh, we have no choice. We have to sell this you um, in order to balance the books. Or they they go real nasty and say, all right, fine, you don't want to give us Bastoni. We'll just take your target in Bremer, you know, and I'm cool mm. with either. That's fair. Um, let's see, Bremer's been talked about quite a lot uh, amongst some other options. Um Another another defender who's um, become the Syria defender of the year. Um, not one I've seen personally. I saw I saw Tops a few months ago was um, putting his name in the chat, and this is before like the kind of rest of the kind of Twitter like Twitter sphere kind of 
cottoned on to him or jumped on any potential rumours of him. Um, so, Tops, well, how would you feel about Spurs going for Gleason Bremer as a potential replacement? Well, like, you know, like, like I said, um, when I did put it into the group a couple months ago, I felt like, uh, interestingly, the timing of everything around him kind of made sense. Um, this is a player who was coming basically to the end of his deal or uh, the last sort of... Uh, the last sort of two or one or two years of his contract, so 18 months, excuse me. And I felt like um, he was someone that was that kept coming up um, as a right side, uh, as a right sided, a right footed centre back who was playing on the left. Um, 25 years old, Brazilian, you know, um, six foot two, a player who really looked like a, like what you would say is a physical specimen. Um, and I kind of thought he was someone that was in the mould for us to be to be looking at. Um, obviously, as well, as the season has progressed, he's continued to play well. His value is obviously uh, maintained. If, if anything, it's gone up now. Um, and he's obviously ended the, ended the season as um, Italian Defender of the Year, uh, which, um, funnily enough, uh, Romero, uh, before he left um, Atalanta, that was the same award that he, he picked up before he came to Spurs. Um, obviously, in the last sort of few weeks, there's been lots of chess between Inter and Torino and Spurs about whether or not, you know, if he goes to if he goes to Inter, then maybe we can take Bastoni X Y Z. But I've I've always kind of thought this is someone that would be good in our team. However, having looked at him a lot more a lot more deeply, I f- I almost feel like he's not the profile that we that we need right now. I feel like he's, in many respects, whilst he's a very good defender, extremely, extremely physical, extremely aggressive in the press, not a bad passer. I just feel that there's too many com- uh, similarities to um, Romero's game. And I feel like uh, with the balance we have, like I mentioned in the group, I, f- I feel like in our team, we need, uh, in my opinion, three three different profiles at that, you know, across that back three. We need an aggressive front-footed one. We need someone who's ball-playing, who is specifically ball-playing. And we need someone who's almost like a hybrid of ball-playing and sort of, um, you know, primarily a top defender, which I feel we have that in Dyer. I feel like we have a super ultra-aggressive defender, ultra-high-pressing in Romero, but also very good technically. And then I felt like with Bastoni, especially being left-footed, that would be an excellent kind of profile. The way he moves with the ball, the way he fights inside passes, the way he underlaps, that would have been the perfect kind of profile. Even his long passing as well, that would have been a perfect kind of profile to balance it out in the back. But obviously, maybe if that doesn't work, you know, they've mentioned a few other names which we'll talk about. I just feel like Bremer, whilst he's good, he's not what we need. And I also feel like at this point, he almost looks like it almost looks somewhat rubber stamped that he's probably going to enter as well. Um, but for the price, I mean, best defender in in the Italian league for this, they're quoting thirty million euros. Um, if the offer, you know, if if the opportunity came to sign him and he thought it was deal worth doing, sure, why not? But in my opinion, just looking at it from a tactical perspective, I just feel like his profile isn't the profile that we necessarily need. That's actually a very good summary. Um, I have to say, like from what I had seen of Bremer, yeah, I 
I got the impression that he was a bit too similar to Romero. Will it work? Will it not? I'm not sure. He would he be a perfect replacement if and when we got rid of Davinson Sanchez? Absolutely. Um and that maybe maybe for me he's maybe more a player that raises the floor more than moves the needle. But I, I wouldn't turn him down at this point, especially for that price. Um obviously there's news coming through about this um inter sporting director being in London to to kind of just be like, look, how like how serious are you about Bastoni to Spurs and Paratici? And then um, you know, we'll see then if that uh if that room is true, if um, if we have the money to put forward, it'll be interesting. Um, because like Yao said, and um, like Yao's been saying for weeks and months, um, Inter are broke, and they're still looking to sign some um, freaking players. Like you said, Tops Bremer seems inevitable. They want to get Lukaku back. They want to pay Dybala's wages when he signs for free. You know, you need money. So hey, who knows? Let me say this on Inter here. Put it like this. From what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading, Inter owe their creditors about fifty million pounds. Yeah, something I think it, I think that works out to be like sixty or sixty-five million euros. I can't remember what the conversion rate is, but it's it's around that region. Now, they wanna buy Bremer for around thirty million euros. So we what what we call that about twenty million pounds. Yeah. So that means they will owe their creditors like whatever they spend they have to wipe off yeah so if they spend call x yeah let's say x is 40 40 million yeah 40 million pounds they already owe the creditors 50 million pounds yeah forget about wages and stuff like that you can kind of work around it yeah? but whatever they spend transfer wise they gotta wipe that off immediately it's not <laughs> they're not in the position to be doing the kind of business you're seeing without selling players. So don't be surprised if three of all three of those assets, Martinez, um, Skriniar, and Bassoni, don't be surprised if all three go. And I did say that in the group months ago, months ago. So don't be surprised if all three get sold because they need peace. They're in the same problem Barcelona are in. Yeah, that's why Man United are trying to kidnap De Jong against his will under duress. <laughs> same thing we're doing with Bastoni. <laughs> Um, hopefully not as much to rest though, because yeah, no man. About the young, he really doesn't want to leave. To that, go to United. That, that's that sounds like the rest. They're literally kicking his boots out of the door. They're parking up his car. They're packing up his his uh, his his um his trolley in the, in the changing room. They're saying, "My brother, there's money to be spent. <laughs> Please be listen, on your way." Listen, I there's a joke running around that my cousin was saying. Yeah. Because he's a United fan, isn't it? He was like, if the young don't want to come, then we we have to make Javi make him want to come. <laughs> like, <laughs> Javi's got to realize the peas are high. Yeah, beat him up, send him on his way. Uh, yeah, Javi's uh... a madman though. He said he wants Bernardo Silva. That's not happening, bro. <laughs> not not happening, man. Not happening, man. Peas are high, bro. Yeah, there could be a nice little domino effect there. I mean, I guess other replacements for like left centre back going on what the kind of stronger rumours are. So you see, we've already talked about Gleason Bremer, who, by the way, obviously we we should probably get Tops to do like a proper scout report on him 
just to summarize what he said uh, a couple of minutes ago, because when I done a poll on um, on the Twitter account, obviously like every every Spurs fan seems to want this guy. And I was like, okay, how many games have you seen him play? And about eighty percent of the poll said zero to two games. So just, is just going off YouTube highlights. Dangerous. <laughs> it can be. It can be. Dangerous. That's that's what made people think Lascelles could kick ball, bro. Listen, I was one of those, man. I saw those goals <laughs> for PSG. I saw those goals for Real Betis. <laughs> I was one of that way. <laughs> Argentina as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> I feel hoodwinked. I was duped. I was hey, absolutely listen, duped. Man. I don't listen. I'll say this much here because because I know brother brother Error is listening. Yeah. I don't even think Lacelso was bad, but Jesus Christ, the fall from grace is mad. Like, wow. <laughs> nah. I mean, honestly, like, no, nah, I can't even speak on it. I can't speak on it. I can't speak on it. It's like, terrible. at least, at least with with you know Ali, we we knew what it was. He didn't apologize to his dad, so his dad had to you know talk to a certain people to make sure that this boy's career could go nowhere. Yeah, I, I understood that. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's why I kept telling Ali, apologize to your dad, your career will come back in it. But man hasn't listened and you've seen what has happened with him. Yeah. But Lacelso, Lacelso ain't got beef with his dad like that. No, what, what what's going on? You mean to tell me you've gone from from sixty percent to to zero on your battery? Bruv, you need to you need to talk to Apple to get that sorted, bruv, because that's that's a mess. Man. But yeah, um, we've actually got a few comments debating a certain potential replacement as well. So like, there's other ones again, like based on stronger rumours. There's like Evan and Decker, um, Buddy, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the debated uh, and heavily debated, even in our group chat, uh, Paul Torres. Um, I see Gogeta wants to, wants nothing to do with him. Uh, PO block saying sign him. Um, could he be a potential decent secondary option if Pastoni is dead in the water? Secondary secondary option in, in regards to what? Because I'm not having. Uh, well, as in, if I can, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess just the next best option to Pastoni. Nah. That, Any that other names I, which are I, I potentially I can't better? Even add on to that, like nah, just I, nah. Do, do you know? Do you know what that? Those performances well, from the Euro scarred a lot of people, and rightly so. But nah, do you know what it is? Yeah, Paul Torres reminds me of like, how should I put this? <sighs> you know, you know when you go to a restaurant with your with your partner, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, try something new on the menu." You're looking down the menu, you see chicken, duck, beef, and you, you're not really a seafood man, but you know there's there's calamari there. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I tried the calamari, and you think about it for a second, and you think, rah, you know what? Yeah, I could try the calamari, but if I do, man might throw up because it might not taste nice. Yeah, that's what Paul Torres is. It's calamari, bruv. Yeah, he's the uncertainty of not knowing whether he's gonna work out or not. We need chicken, beef, duck. We need certainty. We need stuff that we know <laughs> is gonna fulfill the belly. Yeah, this this you, listen. Paul Torres, I've seen Paul Torres get murdered. Yeah, murdered in such a way that it just reminds me of a young dial. I don't need to see that again. Please, please. For the <laughs> sake of my life, I don't need to see that again. Fair play. Um, uh, 
it's it's a mixed bag. It's uh, like to me, to me. Uh, how can I put it? Positives. He's extremely tall, extremely dominant in the air. Um, Seems pretty quick. He, uh, one of the things that we definitely know about him is that you know, uh, obviously raised from the Villarreal academy. Extremely, extremely good on the ball. Extremely composed on the ball. I think I remember seeing a stat somewhere where um, he hadn't been dribbled by any attacker. He hadn't been dribbled by by any attacker for like a period of something like twenty odd games. Um, and he has a record for the most number of single passes in any under twenty one competitive competitive game in Europe as well. So, in terms of his ability to pass from the back. He's extremely positive. His ability to win the ball in the air, he's very physical, very good. 25 years old, international, very experienced, left-footed. However, when you look at the negatives, maybe even despite being tall, maybe not so quick off the mark. Secondly, one thing that I've often seen about him is that there are some type of defenders that, because they're quite, um, what's the what's the word I want to use? They're flat-footed. As they're being flat-footed, it often it often appears like quite difficult to change position, to make quick turns, make quick movements. And obviously, as we know, attackers in the Premiership are very able of doing all of these things against defenders. And I also kind of feel as well as that when you're that tall your lateral movement sometimes doesn't tend to be very, very good. So the ability for you to just just move like quickly or on the turn or to be able to be on your way to try and defend your, defend your goal maybe sometimes can be a bit difficult. And someone like him, he probably is very happy to have the ball coming to him where he can see it constantly but i'm not i'm not sure if i'd be if i'd be like happy with him if he was maybe on his side or maybe on the run uh, i don't know like when i first used to watch Pau torres it used to give me a paella danburn i used to think he was as a guy that was just tall for nothing but just spanish got a lot of hype but actually having watched him in some international tournaments and in Europe, I kind of got a bit of a better vibe from him. But at that price, with him actively, I think actively saying he would prefer to go to United, I just feel like it wouldn't be money that well spent. Mm. I personally have other players that I would personally like to see. But again, I'd, I'd love for him to go to United. Him and Maguire, oh my God, awful. It would stink. It would stink. Yeah. Listen. The kid is good going forward. I'm not going to deny that. But what good is that to me, or Spurs, if your main role is defensive? That doesn't make sense. That's like having a striker that is great defensively. <laughs> like, big man, your job is a simple role. Defend first, and anything that you can add onto it, that's great. Yeah, And as a defender... He doesn't move the pulse for me or the needle. Like, it's in, 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 in many respects, you know, he's had a bit of a funny career. 
having been raised at Villarreal, he was loaned to Malaga, had a really, really good season at Malaga, made his debut for the under-21s in Spain, and then obviously came back. And when he came back, everyone kept saying, oh, this is a, this is a player that's way more mature, way more impressive. Um, even some of the uh, more experienced guys like Raul, they were so impressed with him. I even maybe saw a quote from um, Juan Foyf, who said that this is a player that is way, way, way above the level that he that they're saying he he's at, and this is a player that's going to be obviously a lot better in the future. I ju- I just feel that like to me it feels like that is a player who is extremely comfortable playing in the Spanish league, and the Spanish league almost suits his ability on the ball, his ability to read the game, his ability to be composed in the pass and in the press. But I just feel that the English game is such a dynamic, explosive type of game where literally things can happen in a split second. Attackers can move in certain ways. Attackers can can find passes in certain certain areas and certain angles. And whilst I like his profile, I almost feel that like, you need to be a bit more nimble, a bit more smarter as a defender. And I'm not, and I'm not sure that maybe the Premier League would be for him if that was the case. I, I don't know. This is my personal opinion. Do you think that potentially, obviously, us playing more of like a mid-block than a high line and us playing three at the back could help his deficiencies somewhat? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think definitely that's one of the things that's that we've always kind of done anyway. Um, well, under Conte, we have kind of... In our shape, when we play when we play like a three-five-two, um, defensively we we do kind of set up in a bit in a bit of a mid-block where we we kind of pull in the two wing backs and have um, we have the three centre backs and the two the two double pivot guys sort of pulling in as tightly as possible. Absolutely, that 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 could be the case. I mean, if you think about it, this season since Conte came in, how many times did let's say Davies or Romero get put in? You know, get get the ball over their heads and had to defend. Um, their line like last you know last man it it didn't really happen it did it doesn't really happen because the way you set up you know your your back five and your midfield it make you make yourself very narrow you make yourself extremely compact and actually like you said it makes it very difficult for them to almost find these kind of passes in and around your like your sort of your first third or you know your box area whether this could be a good thing I don't know. Like the one thing for me as well, I'm so keen to have a player who's just progressive, a player who's ball playing that can that can make the automation a lot a lot easier, a lot simpler. Um, um, because that's like what Conte clearly wants from his his defenders, or at least his three centre backs, guys who are competent on the ball, who are happy to come out with it, who are happy to play with it. It's I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, because that's where we struggle, really, at, at times where we are playing teams at home, especially who are mm-hmm. in a lot of luck, and we just don't really get those switches of play, like, down to the kind of sharpness which we need. I mean, Man United exactly. away was such a clear example as well last year, mm-hmm. um, where we they were there for the taking, but we just didn't... We didn't stretch, we just we didn't just stretch didn't them stretch enough, them. you know? Yeah, it's true, you're right. We didn't trust the automations enough. We weren't really committing to those to those passes which we needed to play, those runs in behind. And someone like Paul Torres can help with that because where you can trust someone to make a pass, then you make the run. He when you trust someone to bring the ball out of defence, then you don't have to drop into certain dangerous pockets as a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean it, like yeah, I know you won't be happy about this, but 
in many respects, Davies did that well. He did that well. You know, he did that well last season. He did. Like, I mean, I know it's difficult. It's difficult to accept, but there were points last season that he made. He made our life on that left hand side kind of easy. He defended well. He was able to progress the ball. He found Sun. He found Hoiberg and Bentenker many, many times along along that flank. And he was a, he was very good in his underlapping and his overlapping. So what I have to say on that to the honourable gentleman tops is that I 100% agree. Yeah? Davis. (laughs) Davis had a surprising, especially towards the back end of the season, had a very good second half of the season. I don't even think he had a bad season. He had a few bad games, which is natural. But I don't think he had a bad season overall. I think Davis as a secondary option, for me personally, is fantastic for a squad, um, Mm -hmm. especially a squad that's competing in Europe competing in Europe's biggest competition because, you know, that's what we do. You know, we we cut down 10-point leads um, to make sure that we finish fourth. You know, we also win, you know, derbies, you know, when it's crushed time <laughs> to make sure that we finish fourth. You know, but that's, you know, I digress, of course. Um, I do agree. I think Davis did progress the ball well. I think he is a very safe pair of hands as a left-sided centre-back. I don't think he can play the left-back role anymore. It's just too much uh, demand on what he needs to do, um, which causes him to just get pulled from pillar to post. Um, but the left centre-back role, he just slotted in perfectly. However, in saying that, um, I don't think it's wise for us to have Bit Davis as the starting option moving forward. Uh, I think, I think Agreed. at that age where he can accept a more reduced uh, role and a more uh, squad-based role, uh, in the team, and we could get somebody who is younger, more athletic, um, and just has a bit more in the tank, um, attacking-wise and defensively, um, to help us progress forward uh, moving from next season. Because, I, I, like I said, I think Davis had a very good season. I think, in, in truth, Davis and Dyer, you know, really earned a lot of respect through the season. Um, wait, <coughs> wait, 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 yeah, yeah, wait, 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 what, what? <laughs> sorry, could you repeat that? I, I didn't quite hear that, brother. What um, was that second yes, day you the, said? Yes, the, the honourable gentleman that, you know, lost his name due to the fact that he ran into the stadium, stadium stairs and um, couldn't find the cul- uh, culprit that attacked his brother, that man that was uh, formerly known as <laughs> Diabolical, that man that was known as Arikanapos. All right, all right, yeah, yeah all right. Dyer. And just to make you guys aware, you know, you can re-earn your name. Uh, we're talking about, you know, other people. Um, Hoisin will remain Hoisin until uh, further notice. <laughs> and um, Mook is still Mook. Yeah, I, I don't care what he did. Uh, what did I say throughout the whole season? I said the only way the Mook regains his name is if I see armpits and silverware above head. And I haven't seen that. So he's still a Mook. Yeah. Son, Boy, I'm not gonna lie to you. There was one point where I was I was ready to send that man for adoption, but you know he's returned home like the prodigal son. I said, "Welcome home, son." That's what I said to him when he came. I said, "Come, come on, home. come on, home, boy. You've been out in the wilderness for too long. They had you behind the likes of Saka and and Smith Rowe that can't even find his own role. Yeah, but now you're home again with the likes, the best." 
So it's fine. You know, um, like I said, Davis definitely had a good uh, end to the season. I think Davis's worst games or worst game were, were more than likely the United games. Um, the first one shouldn't really count because uh, Davis, like the other 14 players, um, I think it was 13, in fact, including substitutions uh, that took the field, they knew what they had to do. They understood the assignment at hand. We had to lose and we had to lose back. <laughs> and they'd done it correctly. And I was proud of them that day. That was one of the greatest defeats I've ever seen in my life. But the second defeat to United, no, nah, that was unforgivable. That was unforgivable. That was even worse. It was just it Ronaldo. Was, they just let worse. Ronaldo dunk on us. And I, I, it was that, worse. That, that wasn't forgivable. So I think that was Davis's uh, worst performances for me personally. Fair enough. I would add probably Wolves at home to that as well. Yeah, I was but, literally um, gonna. I was literally gonna say that Wolves at home just. He just seemed to. Uh, I know we'll, we'll get into like specifics, but he was just. I remember being there as well, and just yeah, he was all over the place. Didn't help Cess at all. Um, I think he might have been at fault for giving one of the, the three kick the free kicks away for one of the goals. Just all over the place. Yeah, that day I just yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just to drive and um, just to finish up our point, I guess on Torres already potential defender. Um, firstly, Jeffrey Miller, uh, it is true about Spence. Um, but for me, whoever we'd signed for uh, centre back or left centre back, as well as the the physical attributes we discussed earlier, like I personally respects experience good or bad and obviously communication um him being able to speak spanish diet can a bit romero can um or portuguese or italian um being in romero's case but yeah torres is um well the europa league obviously we need someone who can hold their own in the champions league um would you think of him performing to be fair, I agreed with your whole summary and I would get to a point where I would have him if Bastoni is dead in the water. Uh, he's definitely up there with my highest priority backup option to Bastoni um, out of the other names which were mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, and generally, I think he could be positive for us um again not just because of the physical attributes we discussed earlier but again that pedigree and experience so obviously he's had a bad experience at the uh at the euros um yeah a lot of people saw that and um that kind of <laughs> made my hope in him dwindle somewhat but yeah. again like he's held his own in the champions league like, i can't remember who Villarreal played before Bayern, but i watched both well, a large chunk of both the Bayern legs and he held his own in a deeper block, which might have suited him, granted, but it suited him, and he he obviously performed well. They went through, and then against Liverpool, he I felt like he held his own. I see, just in the second leg, um, their goalkeeper was at fault for all three goals, or all of the goals they conceded at the at the Madrigal. So, amazingly, I didn't really, um, I didn't really give a Torres a kind of bad mark on that. But again, like he he does remind me of a young. Um, Laporte, like he's um, <clears throat> a bit of a timid character, but again, very good on the ball, left footed, um, has his defensive attributes down. 
to a point. Can be a little bit slow turning at times, but again, a bit of time in the Premier League and being playing at a three at the back in a mid block for most of the games anyway, it would suit him. It would suit him. I think he'd be more than an adequate um, option for us if Bastoni's dead. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this um, this meeting with Inter Sporting Director and see if he can be wooed over to to North London. But um, on um, a certain player getting his name back as well, obviously I'm seeing obviously a lot of talk of these centre-backs coming in and they're putting up their lineups for next season and none of them seem to include Eric Dyer. Um, bless him. Are we, uh, are we dismissing or writing him off a bit too quickly? Writing him off in what regard? Writing him off is in, we, they don't see him as a starting centre-back, centre-centre-back, literally from the start of the season. Uh, no, I think he is. I, I, I don't think Conte, um, from the, even with the centre-backs that we're looking at, they're not um, they're not centre-backs that play centre of a three from, you know, even the, the club levels that they play at. They either play left or right-sided. Um, and obviously, if it's a two, then it's a very simple position to play. Uh, so I think for us personally, it will be more of a case that Dyer is the starting centre-back and we're more than likely to have... Um, somebody as backup. I'm not sure who that person would be. Um, but yeah, I think all the purchases would be uh, mainly for um, uh, a left-sided centre-back and a right-sided centre-back more as backup to Romero and starting position for um, Davis's current position. I don't think Dyer's position is currently under uh, scrutiny for now. That's a... Uh... Yeah, surprising coming from you, Yao. I mean, those that were listening probably around this time last year would never have thought those words would leave your mouth. And I I didn't think the words would ever leave my mouth either. Like, at the end of last season, it was a horrendous showing from him. And then um, he's come in to show pretty tangible evidence that he's actually our only defender who can organise and communicate. Um, Let's see, Gogeta's saying uh, Ben Davis's worst games were at Wolves in Southampton at home, a common denominator. We've, we've been poorer in um, games where Dyer wasn't playing. I don't believe he played either of those games. He yeah, I, don't, I sports, don't remember so. Dyer playing either of those games, but I think like it has to be said that you know we have made uh, comments in, on previous podcasts and also in, in the group that um, you know, Dyer is at that age now, especially from uh, a defensive standpoint, he's at that age where he should be really in his defensive peak years. Um, you know, he's old enough, he's played enough games. He was trained in the European style of playing football. So, in fact, having a manager like Conte um, has worked in his favour because Conte plays the more European style-based statistical football. Uh, whereas where he had Nuno, Nuno did not play that style of football. Nuno played a very defensive orientated football that most people consider to be European, but it actually isn't. It's a very um, defensive-based, not European football, but it's just a defensive-based tactic that he had. I don't think benefited any of our uh, players, especially our attacking. So, yeah, Naldaia's had a big turnaround. Uh, Clearly, Conte has had a, a big impact on him. 
Um, and I think, you know, he could he could increase, you know, his ability um, to, I would say, you know, get better at that role um, and really establish himself as the mainstay uh, centre-back. But obviously time will tell. I think we do need a backup in that position because when he's not there, the likelihood of having Sanchez there doesn't fill me with joy. And I'd, Romero... Romero is a fine centre-back when it's a two. So if he's, you know, in a two with just one other partner, it's fine. But when you've got Romero in a three, then he obviously he has to communicate to two other individuals, the left-sided centre-back and the right-sided centre-back. And I don't think that that brings out the best strengths uh, within what he does. So I wouldn't want to move Romero or anybody else really to that position. I, I would rather have a, a capable backup for Dyer, say, if he got injured. That's very, very fair. Very fair, very balanced. And um, I agree, to be fair. And um, yeah, honestly, moving on from, from that, um, fair play to Dyer. Um, we got some other transfer news, obviously, on the day it's opened. Again, positive. Um, Diaz Spence seems very imminent. Um, I'm not sure if it's been like Fabrizio tapping confirmed yet, but every other kind of local media outlet seems like it's uh, saying it's just completely done. Uh, 20 million. Yes, Spence. What are your thoughts? Uh, the kid's been linked with quite a number of big clubs, uh, homegrown talent, uh, which is what we actually need, especially with the, the quota. If I'm correct, this now allows us to uh, move Winks on uh, without any problems there. Uh, I think Forster must have covered that part, but this obviously over. It's actually good that we um, have that position kind of uh, um, covered. He had a decent season. I'm not going to jump on his bandwagon and say he had a fantastic season. I think he had a decent season from the games that I saw. He had a very good um, FA Cup run, um, especially um, the games where he played against uh, Arsenal and uh, Leicester City, I believe. Uh, the Leicester City game was probably the, the highlight for me. He was he was very impressive. The kid's a unit. You know, he's a massive, massive freaking right back. Um, and he's young. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of upside on this. I don't think 20 million hurts the bank, especially for a kid that was looked at by a lot of big clubs within the Premier League. Um and it kind of, I, I don't want to say covers our right wing back slash right back um, issue. Because me personally, I don't want him to be a starter. I feel that's a massive jump going mm. from championship level to uh, Premier League. Not saying that he can't do it. You know, he might surprise us, hit the ground running, absolutely, you know, blow off the, the scene. Uh, but for me, it's just a big jump. Uh, if it's If it was down to me, I would have him and hopefully another right wing back come in um, as a more mainstay um, uh, player and have them fight it out for that position. And also we've got Perisic who can deputise there if need be. Yeah, touche. Hopefully so. Um, and yeah, I agree with that. Um, I say I was trying to get a little scout report off yourself and tops before we started recording because me personally I've only really seen compilations of him and um, 
yeah, you saw my reaction when you told me he was like six foot one, six foot two, and honestly, yeah, yeah. I was gobsmacked. I, I, for whatever reason, I just assumed he was like five eight, five nine, five ten, maybe. But man, yeah, it's no surprise that we've got him for him, got him for him early, considering he's uh, he seems he's got the frame to be really good defensively. And it's good that we um got in there so quickly as well, because like you touched upon, um. I feel like Dortmund were apparently interested in him as well. So when you've got a team like that, that can come in and have a good record of developing young talent and probably can give him first team football, you know, for them to, for Spence to choose Spurs over, over Dortmund and and other clubs. Um, Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Um, Whether we get another new right back, right wing back is, uh, Remains to be seen. Um, I personally would like us to sign the better, more experienced starter for some of these uh, bigger games. Because given the new kit video, it seems like we've got high aspirations for next season, not just in the league, but in the Champions League. So, yeah, we've just got to make sure we cover that. Because for me personally, right wing back is probably the most, um, the highest priority position for us to, to, for us to upgrade. But man there's still work to be done um pierre block says um that melee guy from uh from denmark is uh could be an option but to be fair (laughs) apparently he's had quite a poor season i don't know if there's anyone that can confirm but obviously he lit it up in the euros but had a pretty poor season for atalanta um i i didn't watch much of him um it'd be hard for me to say whether he'd be an option. Um, and I haven't heard much rumours of linking us to him. Yeah, but there is a lot of rumours going around with uh, players in certain positions, especially with our club. Too soon. And um, let's see, Jeffrey Miller saying Sanchez is fine. Um, I, I don't I don't know what Jeffrey means by that. Think so. um, yeah, I'm not sure either. And it's led me to think and realise that, OK, we haven't actually sold anyone yet. Maybe the Celso goes out of door, but I'm getting a bit anxious that uh, Lucas Moura will stay, especially with uh, Bergvijn saying that he wants to leave. Um, I think I think Moura staying is, is annoying, if I'm being honest with you. But I think Moura is a player that understands that he is a squad player. So that with that being said, I'm not really, I'm not actually furious if he is staying. I would be furious if he was staying if he was more of a starting um, player, uh, but he's not. He's he's more than likely to be um, a player that we you know bring off the bench in the final moments to see out games. Uh, so I'm not actually too mad about that. With Bergwijn, yeah, I mean. He should really get more of a chance, but you know, I don't know what it is with him and Conte or him or any manager. It just hasn't worked out for him. So uh, you know, sharp shop, sell him, and get somebody else in. Good luck to him. Yeah, you sound like you were giving him some sincere well wishes there. Yeah, I got I got no problems with with Bergwijn. He tried. You know what I'm saying? Unlike Ali, Ali should have apologized to his dad. I gave I gave him the team. <laughs> Gave the cruise months ago, you know. But why does he, that he, line he, get me every time? Because because it's true, you know. Listen, <laughs> look, I'll, I'll bring you in, Owen. Yeah, from from an African standpoint, you can tell when somebody has disrespected their father. You can just tell. 
All you have to do is look at their life, yeah? If your life starts capitulating very quickly, you've insulted your father, yeah? Because African fathers, they don't tolerate that. They will come back for you. They will come back for you. On a Stranger Things kind of vibe, they will get you, yeah? One way or another. And he's been got. I told Ben, apologize. Come, come here, even on, on you know, Touchline Frackers right now. Come here, you join in. You know what? We don't fray from nobody. Come in and say, yo, dad, I apologize, isn't it? I didn't mean to disrespect you or your name. Allow it, yeah? And I, I promise you, he'll back bare goals for Everton next season. But let him continue doing what he's doing and playing Fortnite. He's finished. Fair play. Fair play. And uh, obviously, Bergvine and um, Delia boys as well. So, yeah, maybe they'll have to have a nice little chat with each other. Um, but, yeah, that's um, pretty much what wraps up what's, uh, I guess a transfer window update at Spurs. Um, just to touch on a few things which happened um, a few days ago. Obviously, we've probably got a new, um, shouldn't be new, but a new free kick taker in Sun. He's obviously scored two lovely free kicks for South Korea in this break. Um, so, by all means, if no one else is uh, taking free kicks next season, then I don't know why. Um Hopefully, Kane is fine. Even if we sign Ericsson, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think we're, we're going to sign Ericsson. And, you know, now that I know more about the whole um, heart issue he has, I'm not comfortable. I'm not no. comfortable. Yeah, there's a, there was a previous pod a couple of weeks ago where Tops, who is a cardiologist at the NHS, was telling us all about his condition and how much of a miracle it is that he's playing this. It's, it's, it is a dicey one, for sure. Yeah. But And uh, for those that may have noticed, Tops has uh, just been called into work. So, obviously, he has left the, the stream, but we wish him well. Yeah, he's um, been, he, got, he got the back call. You know, he just, he obviously put in a private message. He's gone, he's gone to make sure, you know, that certain Arsenal fans, you know, survive so they can see us in the Champions League next season. <laughs> it's, it's it's a commendable piece of work he's doing and I'm, I'm proud of our brother. My hero. I can tell you've definitely felt like you've uh, missed out these past few weeks at the end of the season because you're getting all your Arsenal dicks in. Oh, I'm, I'm punching them beautiful. up. Listen, listen <laughs> these guys are lucky I wasn't on the North London um, pod. They're so... Oh, my gosh. I had... Haymakers for these guys, oh, oh, bro. I had so I had haymakers for days to the point where, obviously, I couldn't say it on the podcast. So, you know, I just went to the mirror in my bathroom and started sending shots, like I was sending it to Arsenal fans. Yeah, listen, it happens. Yeah, it, it's fine. You know, you guys had it in your hands and it slipped. Uh, so, you know, don't worry about it. You know, the the Premier League fixture list comes out soon. We get to see, you know, what's what. And I'm sure the Europa League draw is going to be fun. You know, they have that that nice theme music. Ah, you know. Yeah. So. The conspiracy about the fixture list might come uh, back to the to the fore as well. Oh, that, I mean, I don't know who that, that um, Twitter handle is. I don't know who it is. But I'm like, if you've got that amount of time to come up with that, consp- like, literally, oh, my God, man, flip, you know, go out, smell some roses. <laughs> Talk to someone, Jesus! Why have you done that? It's just—it's. I don't understand. I, I get. It. I understand. You know that Arsenal fans can't, and some Arsenal fans, not all of them. You know they can't comprehend 
you know, what's happened to them this season, how they missed out on Champions League and all that kind of stuff. But for the love of God, man, Jesus Christ, grow up it. I've heard people complain about our wage structure. I've heard people say, oh, you know, Conte is still not going to get the players he wants. I've heard people say, oh, Perisic is old. I'm like, all right, fine. I get it. You don't like what we're doing. You try to do it. Yeah, because all I've seen is videos of your guys going to Turkey, getting new teeth and new hair. It's not my fault, is it? Hey, hey, hey. Well, feel attacked, but fair enough. <laughs> no, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the new teeth yet. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Uh, yeah, but yeah, nice little dig at their centre-backs who contributed heavily in that bottling. Um yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much coming towards the end. I guess another bit of good news is that Oliver Skip is apparently back for uh, pre-season. He's uh, been given a clean bill of health after his surgery, and our medical team have uh, finally got it right. So, yeah, he'll be a good asset for us next season. <coughs> but yeah, that yeah, uh... enough. yeah, Skippy's back, um, and I was listening to Alistair Gold not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the signs are very good. He has um, a full, clean bill of health and is raring to go. And it should be interesting because I think he makes that midfield competition a bit more exciting. Yeah, he does. And uh, obviously it clears the way for a certain player that you mentioned earlier to leave. Um, I won't say it, but yeah, I think Nosey has to leave. Another bit of transfer news as well. I couldn't believe I forgot this. Carter Vickers is uh, officially gone permanently to, to Celtic. Oh, fantastic. Somebody finally picked up his CV. That's great. No, uh, no fee disclosed, but yeah, he's... Uh, I, I wouldn't disclose a, a fee if I was handing in my CV to JD Sports. I mean, fantastic. Get out of here. I've got no time for the kid. Useless rat. Well, so you don't want a, a buyback clause on, on him in case he turns no, into the I, next I wouldn't have a buyback clause on him. The, the kid was at our club for like, what, six freaking seasons? Done absolutely nothing. Sell him. I'm glad that he's good. Yeah, fair play. Um, yeah, there's like tier one things that are saying um, we could be interested in uh, Lucas Pachetta, James Madison, uh, Basuma. Who who knows if if that happens? But yeah, Winston McKenney, Western McKenney as well. Who knows? Um, that could be hopefully a topic of conversation um, next week. Obviously, we've um, we've actually hired Paratici's number two as well in um, a gentleman called Andy Scolding. Yeah. Um, don't know too much about him. Uh, signed some good Rangers. players. Rangers toppled Celtic yeah. uh, to obviously win the Scottish League for the first time in a stupid amount of time. Yeah. So yeah, fair play on that, and um, hopefully we see the the fruits of his labour soon. Indeed. Well, yeah, that about uh, ends ends the stream for us. Just on nicely on the hour mark. I guess thank you to everyone in the stream that put their comments in, that watched us talk about this last week of business. Um, on behalf of Scott Hall and on uh, behalf of X Pack himself, we're out. Peace. Debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut!
Sports Social Podcast Network.